This is the murderer you know. Let's go. Do, 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 do. Bitch, you fucked up my intro. For real. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Take two. All right. Bum. Is it? Could it be? <laughs> Who is that mystery voice? <laughs> I feel like that's the second time you've done that. I think she does it every time. Every time. Yeah. This time I will say it's warranted though, because it has been approximately it's been a minute. Six years since I well, I've been in <laughs> jury land, as you know, and in jury mm-hmm. land, everything is <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Busy. Busy. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I miss you guys. I'm sorry, but Juryland is like I said. I mean, I guess I didn't say because there are no real words to describe. It just is a different planet. Yeah. Do you have anything at all that you want to share about your jury land? <laughs> what that means? Is it obvious what it means? I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. I've been saying that at work a lot and people have just kind of been looking at me for a second and then laughing like, huh, that's a really good way to describe it. It's just a week or two leading up to a jury and the jury itself. Mm-hmm. It's just insane. It's just all encompassing. You just kind of work 24 seven. The twilight zone. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. I like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I think, did I say before that in Juryland, that sound is just playing in the back of my head 24? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Hey, hey, now oh. that we, now that we have you back, oh our last episode, something happened and we said, oh my God, we'll have to ask lawyer that. This family was murdered. There was no survivors. And the police had to get a search warrant to go back to their house to search and get things they hadn't gotten the first time. That seemed weird to me. Do they have to actually do that? And who do they show the search warrant to? I mean, absent some sort of exigent emergency, yes, they would have to have a search warrant to continue searching the premises, whether or not it's a crime scene. I don't know who they would have shown a copy to. I guess they would have shown a copy to no one because there wouldn't have been an owner, but a a search warrant is something you have to get through the court. So it's more, I guess, a CYA for future purposes, whether or not there's an owner present to show a copy to. I still thought it was odd because we hadn't, I guess, run into it before. It's not about showing it to someone in that moment. Yes, they have to show it to an owner if an owner is present, but it's, do you have the legal access to be present in this place that you're collecting evidence from? If not, then perhaps the evidence you're collecting is going to be suppressed. Anyway, I like how some people who have been hassling me for 52 weeks to have an (laughs) intro just want to skip right no, what the on hell? over like, the hey, Everybody died. They several, were murdered. Several segments Let down into what I wanted to talk about today. The details of the hideous, horrible crime. There's okay. a whole section on lawyer questions. You just oh, okay. jumped right well, on let's, into. Let's Both just see. We'll just skip all that. So start your out. intro. Please. Start of take three, motherfuckers. I was just going to say. That you joined us at a good time because it's our one year episode. We oh, made what? it. Episode 52. Wow. That's nuts. 
It is pretty nuts. I mean, I'm it excited. Does like, it does feel like it's been a long time, but also it does. five minutes, you know, how everything <laughs> is. That's how time is. Yeah, that was another trip around the sun that we did uh, in those I'm 52 hours. Yeah, I feel like I was dragging the planet with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> So, so what is the what is the roadmap for what is the roadmap year two fuck yeah the beginning of year two well Damn. yeah crazy the roadmap is well we are going to talk about where we started seemed appropriate the idea for the show just to remind people who may have forgotten we're going to talk about some of our episodes, our favorites, our least favorites, things that stuck with us. We're going to talk about some updates. We have a few interesting updates Ooh. and we are going to have questions with lawyerina section. <laughs> and then we're going to kind of talk about a few cases that we would like to cover rolling into year two. Mm. So that's our plan. All right, well, bam, I'm going to have to get a snack to get my focus on for the question segment. So okay. <laughs> give me like a five minute heads up. <laughs> get your protein balls, mm. get your energy drink. Hot tea actually is the vibe okay. for sure. Okay. I'm not sure why, because then I'm just like sweating, but it's fine. <laughs> it's like soup. It always makes you sweaty. So long ago. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I mean, really, even more than a year ago, we started talking about the idea for this show from a silly internet meme. Is that what it's called? A little picture with a bloody axe. The average person <laughs> walks past 36 murderers in their lifetime. Remember Ooh. it? Do you yeah. guys remember it? You weren't really there. I mean, you were there. Oh, were I wasn't there. there, but I was listening. So <laughs> she I was there in spirit. Yes. I, I listened to the first episode and was concerned about the 36 murderers I'd walked by. We she had lots of feedback just from the beginning, you know, <laughs> she even did. off screen, she off, did. off air. And we did and some yeah, math. math, which I blacked out and now I'm blacking out again. So well, I'll be we back. fast forwarded through most of the math <laughs> because we didn't want to lose all of our potential listeners with math. <laughs> smart, we smart, only smart. like had a loose grasp on. Very smart. <laughs> But basically, we figured out that the number was 34, which is pretty close to 36. That we I knew? I don't like no, it. that you would walk by. Not okay. that we knew. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. It well, seems you probably like a lot. Walked... You've walked by way more, I'm sure. Yeah. Not even walked by. <laughs> Red light. Been in court with. <laughs> yoga. I'm going to have to take a yoga break. Keep it up. <laughs> don't with the chakra and shit. See? <laughs> Ooh, girl. <sighs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's a completely insane job to say the least. I'm absolutely sure. And I feel like it's pretty likely even that those of us in this group that are not lawyers have walked by more murderers than we know, but we started talking about murderers that we do know and victims that we knew and violent criminals that we knew even if they didn't necessarily become murderers and we continued by mostly talking about small local cases that have impacted our communities we had some guests that joined to talk about 
criminals that they knew. Some of our guests never, ever left, (laughs) which has been lovely. Mm. It's not like you can uh, tell your mom, go away. We're done with you. Ah, well, that's the (laughs) truth, isn't it? Yeah, I did guest on, I guess, one of them that I knew the people and somehow I never, I never left. I've been Mm -hmm. living in this podcast ever since. And in my head every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Podcast land. Yeah. Don't shit. Don't give it a name. Damn it. It just seems like it needed a name. We're going to start our finishing off of the year. (laughs) With a little bit of a year in review, in the time that we've spent together so far, we have discussed the criminal activities of 35 different people. Damn, that's a lot. I agree. Some of these hmm. numbers were surprising. As Damn, I I'm, was... tired. I'm tired again. Jesus, don't <laughs> stop doing this. Stop counting. You and your fucking math. 12 of these criminals acted together. In one case, we even had a threesome, whereas the other 23 acted alone. Mm. Of the 12 that acted together, five were children. Well, teenagers. Teenagers. Not like teenager is a child. Toddlers. (laughs) Technically children. I didn't say toddler, did I? I said children. They they thought you meant toddler. That's the only logical (laughs) thing that you could have meant. You know, it's the only reasonable conclusion. (laughs) It's fine. Toddlers. Mm -hmm. This bitch talking about toddler murderers. Wild. (laughs) You heard it here first, unfortunately. (laughs) I will say. The sixth and final child from the stories we covered who attempted to kill his teacher was six years old. Yep. What'd I just say? We not doing that because y'all want to be covering all sorts of horrible episodes and shit. (laughs) And I'm in, what's it called? Juryland? Twilight Zone? Yes, but currently I'm in the place where I'm adjusting to what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) So. Do you know the age of our Uh, oldest? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Our oldest. What is that called? Person? No, Uh, there's a term. (laughs) There's a traitor. Now you're me. Perpetrator. Assailant perpetrator. (laughs) I like What'd you say? Person of interest? That's good. Yeah. I don't know who our oldest was. I don't know either. That's a really good question. I would guess. It was probably one of these horrible losers that attacked their wives. Oh, yeah. I bet it was. I bet it was the cop because he was easily in his 60s. Yes. Or the guy with the gun in the bathtub. My favorite (laughs) alibi. It couldn't have been me. What about the gun in the bathtub with you? Oh, there's a gun in the bathtub? While and out in these streets. (laughs) This is like the fourth time you've referenced that. So I know it's one of your favorites. It definitely was a unique, I mean, it sticks out in a sea of horrible things. <laughs> it really sticks out. A least favorite, you might say. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we've discovered is the absurd alibis people come up with. And then after they give their absurd alibi, they think better of it and they can keep changing their story. But the most nuts was the guy with the the gun in the bathtub. It was like, really? (laughs) My gun? He's pretty nuts. 
He was in a big old group of a bunch of nuts. <laughs> 22 adult male assailants. That's oh. how many we covered. 13 of them acted alone in their crimes. You know, actually, one thing for year two, we only covered the story of one woman who acted alone in carrying out her crime. Hmm. So I feel like we need some more female representation. Yeah, but well, I, wonder... I mean, it's not like we are picking from that large of a pool when we're trying to keep it narrowed to it's true stuff that's actually touched our lives. But that's very interesting. I wonder why that is. Yeah, because I think that's, I'm not sure that that matches statistics nationwide. Men do commit more murders, but I don't think it's that far skewed. Hmm. I could be wrong, but. Yeah, very interesting. Certainly worth looking into. Definitely. Year two. 60% of the victims whose stories we shared knew their killer. These killers included the victim's child, student, sister, husband was a repeat offender, the victim's parents-in-law, co-worker, friend, just to name a few. And we also covered three unsolved cases. Well, I guess technically only two are considered unsolved, but the other one was suspicious to say the least. And these unsolved crimes had another 12 victims among them. And this one, this last one, which is why it's the last one, because it's a really, really hard number to even say out loud, I think for me, in the stories that we covered, not the unsolved ones, but where there was some sort of legal resolution, hopefully someone saw some form of justice. In our first year, we covered the stories of 53 people who were victims of hideous, horrible, violent crimes, and 85% of them lost their lives as a result. Mm-hmm which is awful. Yeah, I don't know. I know I joke a lot about not being able to deal with the details, but it's almost like system overload, you know? And for me, it comes to, it's tough realizing that this exists, not only exists, but it's fucking commonplace. It feels like some days and it does feel that way. I got to turn it off sometimes because, because at work, I can do something about it. Yeah, I've got to deal with it. I've got to hear about it. I've got to get into the fucking nitty gritty of it, but I can do something about it. But to sit here and talk about all these people whose loved one was torn from them, it's just, it's hard. I think what struck me in many of the cases is how poorly thought out these crimes were and that the perpetrators killed loved ones like their parents or their wives without really thinking it through. And most of them were caught. And you think, why did you think this was a good idea? Couldn't you have just gotten a divorce or gone to a counselor? And why did you think ruining your life, taking their lives? And, you know, we talked about that ripple effect that every person killed that affects their family, their friends, their coworkers, and on and on and on. And if you had just taken a moment and stopped, especially the younger people who just were so, what do you want to say, fantastical thinking. They were just going to murder their parents and live happily ever in California in a, a palace. I think that since we talk about a lot of solved cases, it it tends to be a lot of crimes that were not meticulously planned, that were almost sort of heat of the moment, anger, passion, jealousy, drugs, those sorts of things. 
the stories that we covered mostly had that sort of general theme in common. These were not crimes committed for the most part by your serial killer, mastermind, meticulous planner, sociopath. They were committed by normal people that we knew (laughs) that we were friends with that we hung out with had sleepovers with went to parties with I think it's sort of a different kind of crime in a lot of these cases than those big sensationalized stories that we hear so much about I think it's devastating and to your point lawyer it's hard to even imagine which is why I think It's hard to hear these numbers. I won't lump you into this lawyer because I know you're not in this boat. But as people who enjoy and not enjoy, but consume true crime. Are fascinated by. Fascinated. That's a good word. For whatever reason it is. And I don't know what that reason is. But I think we need to look at these uglier things that are harder to see. Because I think the ultimate goal is stopping these things from happening. However you're consuming these stories, I think we can all agree that you want these stories to stop. You're listening to them almost to prepare yourself, to protect yourself. And we need to see the ugly, really ugly, like not the sensational story, but we need to see some of these numbers as well so that we can realize it is, that part is important. That's a good way to think about it. It's it's like doomsday prepping almost. Not to that extent, but if you realize, yes, this can happen, then I hate to say it, but you do have to be smart in the world that we live in. You do have to pay attention to your surroundings. And I don't want it to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. But I but, agree. but in most of our cases, it was a family member that was the person. But that includes that's your surroundings as well. And not that I'm ever here to judge from any stretch of the imagination. But don't think that they aren't capable. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That is a part of being aware of your surroundings, not counting anybody out. Unfortunately, it's scary. Yeah, it almost makes you want to. Ooh, maybe I should and then you guys are like, why don't you want to hang out with us and talk about murder and everyone's family members murdering them? It's so fun. We'll see you there. Well, you know what was fun? Fucking lunatics. In lighter news. We did make some friends this year. That was fun. I like friends. You can have that. That was fun. So shout out to a lot of the people that we did collabs with. Lisa Marie from Coffee and Crime. Deb from Dying to be Found. Thena and Kylie from Cryptic Soup Pod. And our larger indie true crime podcast group that includes tons of other really great shows like Twisted and Uncorked, Creme de la Crime, Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy, Not Adding Up, and more amazing shows seriously than we could ever mention. It would be an hour long just mentioning people's <laughs> shows but we do try we post about them in our stories sometimes so make sure you take a look-see there from time to time and we got a few listeners along the way and a few reviews along the way in fact the show has been streamed over 9,000 times they've seen the shit in Nevada yet they've <laughs> finally seen this shit in Nevada I was like, cut to the fucking chase here. And 62 countries. (laughs) I was going to Nevada. (laughs) Were you going there to fight someone or were you going there to listen to the podcast there? (laughs) I was just going to listen to the podcast there. Chill out. Chill out. Just just asking. Just curious. That's all that needed to happen. Everything's fine. Good vibes only. Everything's good. (laughs) So thank you guys. Thank you in Nevada. Thank you in 
all the other states and all 62, 61, I guess, other countries where people have listened to the show. We love you guys and we want to thank you guys. So let's start by drawing for our third place giveaway prize. It's me. It's me. I think that's cheating, honestly. (laughs) It would be cheating because she didn't even follow the instructions. (laughs) So it would definitely be cheating. DQ'd. DQ'd. Those instructions were for young people. They were complicated. All right. So I literally have names in a hat here. I cut these babies out. I put them in this bowl. I know from listening back to editing where I said I'm about to have sounds happening. Hopefully you guys can't hear them. That this time you won't be able to hear them when I want (laughs) you to be able to hear me ruffling around in these papers. Hold it right up to the mic. (laughs) Ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. It's really good at removing those sorts of sounds. Ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. (laughs) So I don't know. Drum roll. Maybe we can splice. (laughs) Did that work? (laughs) That was great. I think it worked for me. All right. Who we got here? You stole Jessica's mo Jessica R. I don't know if you guys want your last names shared. So I went with the safe option and said no in my brain. So Jessica R. Bitch. Thank you. You entered by submitting a five-star review on Spotify. And thank you for your sweet message when you sent your screenshot. Jessica's message said, thanks for the show, for all the research you put in, for making me laugh, for making me cry, and for making Mm. me think. We're sorry we made you cry. I like that though, making me think. I like that too. Well, I tell you, this show has made me cry. I know, me too. Sometimes not even when we're recording, but later when I'm listening back, because I think you're more caught up in it when you're recording Mm -hmm. and then you're listening as like sort of a different person and it really catches you up. I think the natural next thing to talk about, because you're talking about listening to episodes, were people's favorite episodes. So Mm. I hope you guys did your homework, mom. I know in the past you haven't done your homework, even that you assigned to yourself. (laughs) I have all these sticky notes pasted up on the (laughs) wall and I'm saying, what does that one mean? Let's get into our listener favorites first. Oh, for just I like a couple that. minutes here. That's interesting. So, should we count down? What do you guys think? Should we count down to the number one favorite or from yeah. the number one favorite and then up to two and three? Down? No, I say count up to one. Start okay. The... I'm going to need that smacking on the desk drum roll three <laughs> That's times. That's only a one time thing, dude. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you thought this was. Like, I was just a sound producer. <laughs> All right. All right, hold on, hold on. on. (laughs) Ooh, I like that that one. Kind of jazzy, snappy. All right, all right. right. So second runner up is, okay, let me describe it and see if y'all can guess. I'm going to read the little, the caption. In a small town in Virginia, the second day of 1987, a man and his wife, both archaeologists, Spent a seemingly (laughs) lovely day together shopping and snacking. By 11.37 p.m., though, Mr. Archaeology was placing a frantic call to 911. She in the river. I remember that one. Yup. Especially Mm -hmm. since I knew those people. That might. Oh, that's when you showed up. That might have Mm. been when you showed Uh up. Oh, you're right. Here's the rest of the description. Join our hosts and a super special guest. Guest, guest. (laughs) That was you. Hey, 
<laughs> a, know it all. Define the word guest. And then you after that, define the word unwanted guest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ben Franklin said that guests and hell? fish guests and fish start to stink after three days <laughs> oh shit hell? i like that he's good ben, one mr Franklin. Out, yeah so i must be pretty stinky by now 52 <laughs> weeks of guests or whatever 47 <laughs> weeks of guests or some shit okay so yeah, that was that was episode 15 part one of your mom's mm. co-worker oh so that was what 52 minus 15 how many <laughs> how many weeks stinky you are you what she's she's asking for bullshit again. What 37 weeks of stank <laughs> Jeez, my head hurts. all right on to first runner up Ooh, what kind of drum sound oh <laughs> oh and you got the fucking husky crying smashing. in the back too <laughs> i can only imagine what that's gonna sound like on the tail end you can cry doggo but cry at the appropriate part moment in my description here. Okay. How the fuck would she ever do anything appropriate? <laughs> this one, second place, most popular episode on January 16th, 1984, a violent string of crimes broke out in a sleepy Southeastern Virginia community. Join our hosts as they discuss the madness that followed over the next 19 days, a few joy rides in a stolen car, 200 bucks, and a box of candy bars. What would you commit a handful of violent murders for? Nothing. Mm. The answer is nothing. I why do I feel like too? Why do I feel like I'm in a law school hypothetical right now? Ooh, I like it. I lived through that one too and the fear that it engendered. Ugh. That one was wild. I just can't imagine literally killing five people for a box of candy bars and under 200 bucks. It's mind boggling. This one was episode 22, which was actually the second half of that story that we're briefly chatting about right now. But I didn't want to give too much away and read the outline for the second part in case you guys are joining us for the first time or haven't listened to that episode. Or I mean, there's going to be plenty of spoilers. (laughs) Just letting you know now. Spoiler alert. We're not to spoilers yet. And first place goes to... I feel like I had to jazz it up for first. I like that one. I felt like I was, I don't know, some sort Uh, of party. uh, uh. First place, let's go. On the morning of November 10th, 1990, a family awoke to banging and screaming at their front door. By the time all was said and done, two people lost their lives. Less than 24 hours later, the police had a confession and the alleged perps in custody. But was everything quite what it seemed? i'm not sure i even know what that one is me neither and that was a damn good noise you did there little thank you dust my shoulders off Mm. how about join our hosts as they discuss the days leading up to and immediately following this gruesome crime star-crossed lovers horrible ass laws break lines and potentially crummy lawyers sorry free extreme Nah, I still don't remember that. Was oh, that yeah. it? That's another uh, one. You, I think you were there. 
It was episode 23, part one of our Romeo and Juliet story. Wait, no, maybe you weren't there actually. See, I'd be skipping a part one every now and again because I'd be a little tired. That sounds like one that I'm glad I skipped. This Mm -hmm, is a mm -hmm. 14-year-old girl who convinced her 17-year-old boyfriend Oh, I remember we did the- You were definitely there for part two. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about him because he was, I think he was sentenced to life as a kid or something. Oh, he was sentenced sentenced to to death death as a kid. And she got out of her juvenile detention center when she turned 21 and went on about her happy little life. I have to say- Unfathomable. Yeah, is this like to... least? Are we doing a least favorite again? Did they understand the assignment? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good story. I mean, it was a really good story. This is like actually, this is y'all would finally understand what it's like to be a lawyer when we say things like, "Oh, that's a good case." We mean that's a good case for the Commonwealth, not that it's good that it exists in the world. Least I, favorite. It was certainly a cautionary tale and shocking. And I think, in some ways, if we're going to talk about our least favorites or or most favorites, it's bothered me a lot that this young 17-year-old boy who only did this because his girlfriend talked him into it was given the death penalty and that it was carried out. I just still find that so appalling that he was even tried as an adult. It's very, very terrible. It's definitely one. I have my single solitary case picked out for my least favorite. Most, what it is for me is it's like you're saying, mom, it's something that I feel like is going to stick with me for the rest of all of eternity. Mm. So that's my case. It's something like this that really I can't get out of my head weeks and weeks and weeks later. I have mine picked out. I'll go last. (laughs) I want to ask you guys the case that really stuck with you. It can be bad. It can be good. It can be good for the state, bad for whatever. You don't think justice was served or you do or anything. It was bizarre, crazy gun under the guy in the bathtub. He says he has no clue it was there, whatever. And like I said, you guys, there are likely going to be spoilers ahead. So just listen with caution if you aren't caught up. I think the cases that stuck with me the most and kind of upset me the most were the cases that involved young people and children, like the family that was murdered. And once again, somebody I knew. That whole episode was so horrific. And there were just so many times that those guys could have been stopped and none of it would have ever happened. That's the kind of nightmares to keep you up. Oh, you mean like maybe it could have been stopped whenever the police said that his wife died of a drug overdose, but her head had been beaten in? Yeah. Yeah. Like if the police had actually investigated that and arrested those two guys for murder at that point, they never would have had the opportunity to, how many did they kill? Eight more people and ruin that one guy's life, beating him and stabbing him. And he was horribly disfigured and injured. That case, that, that bothered me so much. And a similar kind of case is the case of the two college girls who were 
abducted, raped, and murdered. And once again, that guy could have been stopped if the university that he was going to hadn't been so worked up about making sure they didn't get a bad name in the paper. Oh, we have a rapist on the football team. No, no, dear, you're just confused. That didn't really happen. And it wasn't just one. And all those girls have a class action suit against that university. But luckily for them, I guess they survived. And we've talked about this before that one thing that killers learn is don't leave any witnesses. If you do something and somebody says, oh, it was him, then you learn the next time I'm not going to have somebody around to say, oh, it was him. And I guess the one that also will bother me forever is the Parkway murders and the two young people who disappeared and were never found. And their families never had any closure, never knew what happened to their kids. I think that's just got to be the worst. Those are the three that I kind of lived through and knew some of the people involved and still keep me up at nights. Those are all horrible, horrible cases. And I think the last one too, there's something about unsolved cases, of course, that makes them even harder to ever forget. Eight people? Yes. No answers it ever. Was. I was hoping you were going to have some something funny to... Yeah, way to <laughs> oh. fucking ruin everything. <laughs> Honestly, I took my headphones off like 15 minutes ago. Like I hate to so come in with levity, but I, well, nope, blacked out. Can't do this for the child anymore. Well, the one that I find the most amusing is this guy who, instead of just divorcing his wife, he just thought that it was going to be easier to kill her. And he did such a bad job of it. You know, he tried to make it look like she committed suicide, but she wasn't left-handed. And the gun in the bathtub. Maybe he got advice from drug people. (laughs) Because we know they don't do a good job with crimes. That was another one that was pretty funny, the drug people. And that guy who was a police officer and came up with the lamest plan ever and then just threw his girlfriend under the bus. If there's an element of humor in any of these, I think about those three kids, including little buddy, who obviously didn't know what he was walking into, who had this plan that they were going to murder her parents and head off to California. And the minute they crossed the state line, they would be welcomed and handed a million dollars and live happily ever after. And what did they end up with from that murder? $200 $200 and a bag of potato chips? No, I think it was $50. $50, a bag of potato chips. And a cooler chips. of snacks. And a cool, yeah. And you're like, you thought that was going to get you all the way to California and your lives would just be perfect. It's very sad. And I think it goes back to that whole thing that they say the brain isn't fully developed till 25. Oh, I'm just going to get rid of my parents because they won't let me date so-and-so and and, uh, life will be great. No, now you're spending the rest of your life in jail. How did that work out? It could be good. Your parents probably can't really tell you what to do in jail. So maybe that's an upswing, you know? (laughs) Their parents came out on top. (laughs) Their parents (laughs) are dead. They don't even have anybody to visit them in jail or send them a Christmas package. And it's crazy. Like you said, the episode where you talk about the young man, I'm going to say that's my least favorite. I hate to steal it, but the young man who was sentenced to death, I guess I'd block that out. So it's resurfacing trauma, but yeah, it's just insane to think about a kid whose brain isn't fully formed has paid his life for some half fucking thought out bullshittery. 
And somebody said that he didn't even kill the mother, that when she kind of stumbled down the hall, that the girl pulled the trigger, but he didn't throw her under the bus. You know, he didn't say, oh, no, it was Juliet who killed her mom. He took the whole blame. Yeah, he had some confused notion of loyalty to this person that he thought loved him. Right. Which makes it even sadder, honestly. If we're moving on from least favorite, I would say my favorite, but I don't know if that would I'm be a good segue. I'm happy to hear something that's a favorite. You guys are bringing me re-traumatized situations <laughs> right after I returned from Juryland of all places. But sorry, my favorite is the Magna Carta or whatever. <laughs> Just the <laughs> fact that you said Magna Carta or... Yes. <laughs> The whole fucking situation. <laughs> Why that... we were talking about the Magna Carta? I, tell you. I think it was when we were talking about capital punishment. Oh, thank <laughs> you. That was that was a happy memory. I One of the that. fucking few. <laughs> oh no. That's fine. Everything's fine. You know that fucking meme with the dog and the house and burning down and fire and flames. He's like, "This is fine. That's me. This is fine." I'm fine. I don't think I've seen that meme. Well, you've never been to Juryland. <laughs> That's why you haven't seen. It's actually the wallpaper in Juryland is just that meme blaster <laughs> over and over and over and over. <sighs> so now you'll have to tell us, host. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I have All a right. well-written out thesis. Ooh. Did you understand the assignment? Let's I understood the assignment. Here is my case that sticks with me forever. And we're going way back to episode nine and 10. So Okay, oh gee shit. All right, uh-huh. quiet, quiet, guesty. Stinky you guesty. You can't weigh in. <laughs> you weren't there. And this, these episodes were called Your Party Friend. Ringing any bells yet? This was the absolutely horrifying story of a young mother who didn't show up for work back in 2018. And the person who was eventually implicated in this crime, the way you described him, lawyer, was just a goofy, kind kid. And from what I learned during research, and I'm sorry, because yes, It is admittedly very little, and I'm still kind of being on a crazy conspiracy theorist train here, (laughs) but it just never really sat right with me that this kid supposedly went to this woman's house and killed what was essentially just an acquaintance of his for, as best we can tell, spreading rumors about him. Yeah, I remember when we first covered this one that it really bothered you, and I mean, I remember it really bothering me when we all found out it had been a long time since I'd been around that group of friends, but not that long. It had only been a couple of years. And I just remember thinking, there's no fucking way. It just shocked all of us, honestly. And I just don't think there was a whole lot of, and you've said this to me and I know, I don't know all the details. There's so much I didn't learn during my research. I wasn't there. I wasn't on the jury. I was not the Commonwealth's attorney. I was nothing. But from outside <laughs> looking in, it just didn't seem like there was a whole lot of concrete evidence. I mean, he confessed, but other than that, there wasn't much. To me, I didn't think that they really pushed hard enough on the muddy, like covered in mud, muddy, recently ex- an ex-boyfriend who was the one originally implicated by your former friend, by the way. And if you guys remember, I mentioned that there was an apology note I was trying to get. I remember. 
Well, in December of 2022, three days before Christmas, actually, I finally received several responses from the Commonwealth's attorney who prosecuted this case. And? Okay, and? (laughs) Well, he said, given that what is requested is from an investigative file and its release is discretionary, at my discretion, it is released and attached hereto. In this case, I provided the circuit court at the time of the guilty plea with copies of police reports, photographs, transcripts of the interrogation, and CDs of the interrogation. That way, if anyone ever questioned the evidence and how this case was handled, there was a strong record rather than only an oral proffer of evidence. And those documents would be available to the public rather than just being on file in the file of the sheriff's office or prosecutor. However, the apology letter was not included in the Commonwealth's stipulated evidence, with my belief that if the defendant wanted to apologize or put forth evidence such as this letter, he could do that himself. And attached to this email was the handwritten letter that I'm about to read to you guys that I have waited for months, six (laughs) months, basically, almost exactly to find the perfect time to read to you all. Here's what it says. I'm sorry for what happened. I did not mean for this to go that way. I know y'all not going to forgive me, but I'm letting you know that I'm sorry. I've been begging for forgiveness. I hope one day you will understand my situation. I'm not a bad guy, but I did do a very bad thing. I am really, truly sorry. Things went left and I did not have anything bad on my mind when I went there. I really hope y'all forgive me for what happened. Hopefully y'all will understand when you get more information on the situation. All I can do is say sorry and explain from my soul. I'm sorry. Sounds to me like a confession. I mean, sounds to me like just a sad, confused, terrified little kid. I'm not off my conspiracy train. I don't think I ever will be. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think in most of our cases, when the perpetrators were caught and sentenced, other than the poor kid who was sentenced to death, I think there was a certain sense of, well, they got what they deserved, they were punished. But in this case, and Soldier Boy, that was, to me, such a miscarriage of justice. I couldn't agree more. That there was like no evidence against this guy whatsoever. And they're all excited because they found his hair on his sweatshirt. Ooh, guilty, guilty, guilty. And both of those are, yeah, you don't feel really good about it. Yeah. So that's my case that's sticking with me. My update on my case. Bring it, bring it right on back down. Well, don't worry. I have something really fun in a minute just because I feel like we need. (laughs) I think we're segueing pretty naturally here into case updates. Case updates. That wasn't really it. It was an update. It wasn't new information, but it was new for us. So I'm calling it an update. And there have been some developments in some of the more recent cases that we've covered, which is sort of to be expected since they were evolving as we were covering them. Again, Mm. this section has many spoilers. Keep fast forwarding to lawyerina (laughs) questions later in the show if you don't want to get little glimpses into things that we talked about in year one. Let's start with a fun one, because like I said, I feel like we could use some little upliftingness right now. Do you guys remember Skater Boy? This is taking it way back. Let's see you later, boy. Duh. I mean, what the fuck? That's literally like episode two. Episode three and four. (laughs) Yep. And he had a blog. 
Oh, is he still vlogging? He's still blogging. <laughs> and poor guy. Life. Poor guy. Well, another person who just went off the rail. Lots of drugs. bad decisions. This drugs. was when we were in drugs or a hell of a drug land in our stories. You see how mm. when you name it, it's just so much, so much worse. Yeah. It just really makes you understand the impact of where you are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he hasn't blogged in 2023, but he has blogged since we originally told his story. He has had a couple, one where he talked about starting an HVAC sheet metal vocational program. That's pretty cool. One where he was talking about being Mr. Popular in prison, which I just really enjoyed. (laughs) He also wrote a nice little guide on how to survive prison by doing things like minding your own business, hustling, being yourself, which seems like the opposite of hustling in some ways. And being respectful. Honestly, sounds like sounds like the number one self help book next year. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm here for that. Hopefully, someone reaches out to him for a book deal soon. Fucking throw a down dog in there. I'm in. <laughs> he needed one more down dog. Literally. That's it, and it's done. done. Best seller list masterpiece. But my absolute favorite from his more recent blogs is a prison tale from an old head he met at one of the prisons he's served part of his time in. Now, apparently sharing stories is a popular pastime in prison. And this one was about a woman named Trisha that this older prisoner hooked up with in his younger days. Are you ready? This is so fun. Hell no. I'm not ready. I don't know what's going on here. I'm not sure. I'm just going to read you this prison tale. That's it. That's the update. The other updates are more serious. So this one, it's just silly. Here's the prison tale. This guy's name is Coach, by the way. When I was younger, I was wide open. I used to bar hop and I would hit on all the cougars. I ended up meeting this gal named Trisha. We would meet up, have some drinks and flirt. I could tell that Trisha was a freak, but I knew that she was married, so I never tried to push the envelope. We would run into each other here and there, and that was that. One day, I ran into Trisha, and she told me that her husband was going to be out of town for a while, and if I wanted to have the time of my life to text her. I thanked her for the offer, but I told her I had a busy work week. She said, if you change your mind, baby, you know where to reach me. Friday rolls around, and I get off work. Having the time of my life started sounding appetizing. I was young and excited, so I said fuck it and texted Trisha's number. She responded with the address to her apartment. I'm so nervous about this. (laughs) I freshened up really quick and sped over to the apartment like a bat out of hell. I get up to her room and we start getting hot and heavy right out of the gate. It's off to the races. I'm butterball naked and hear the loudest motorcycle I've ever heard in my life. Trisha immediately stops and says, "Uh uh-oh, that's my husband. You have to hide. Trisha had the fear of God in her eyes, so I reacted accordingly. I could barely fit under the bed, but I slid underneath it as fast as I could. I don't think this is real. I think I've seen this in a couple of... Uh, oh, yeah. This sounds mighty familiar. TV, <laughs> TV episodes. Well, okay, so Coach swore on his life that this was a true story. Okay, oh, sure. Yes. He squeezed under the bed. 
I hear the loudest footsteps coming up the stairs. The door opens and I see big ass size 13 riding boots walk in. I guess Trisha was laying on the bed naked, so her husband got turned on. He dropped his pants right by the door. I see a big ass Harley Davidson belt buckle smack the floor. He approaches the bed and plops all of his weight on the bed, which smushes me into the floor. I couldn't help but let out a high pitch yelp. I was so scared. When I yelped, (laughs) the husband paused. He said, what the fuck was that? I'm thinking to myself that I'm a dead man. I hear Trisha nervously respond, baby, you know, that's just Trixie under the bed. I'm thinking like who or what the fuck is a Trixie? Next thing, I see a massive hairy hand extend under the bed. I hear the husband say, here, Trixie, 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 come here, girl. I had to think quickly. I closed my eyes, I took a big gulp, stuck out my tongue, and I fucking licked his hand. (laughs) And that's apparently the end. What in the good God's graces do you mean that's the end? There was nothing else to the story. That was the end. I guess he survived. I guess his dog licked his hand. He had sex with his wife, rode off into the sunset, (laughs) and coach escaped from under the bed and went home. We all called it a day. So many questions. I feel like everyone would have questions. This is your story. That's the end to your prison tale. This is your favorite pastime. You didn't come up with a better ending than that. You left us hanging there, man. We need more information. We need a part two, coach. We need to write him. We'll find his address. We'll be pen pals. Prison pen pals. Sounds fun. I agree. So that was our fun update. I wonder what coach was in prison for. So next update is from the laptop we learned about in episodes 29 and 30. And this was in relation to some workplace violence that took place where a man brought a gun to work and killed a number of his coworkers. I think we should recognize, by the way, that the day marking four years since this shooting took place has passed since we discussed this story in January. And there were a number of remembrance activities in the city where this horrible event took place. There was a public vigil, a moment of silence at the time of the first 911 call. There was programming for kids like kitten cuddles and relax with reptiles. There were group fitness activities. There was a lot going on. Well, that's beautiful. It's definitely a nice thought and a good way to try to comfort a lot of different kinds of people. Another thing worth mentioning that I don't think I covered when we first talked about this story was that in November 2020, a 21-person commission was formed when two delegates pushed for it based on concerns that the investigation into the shooting wasn't impartial enough to be effective. These concerns were largely based around communications from survivors and family members, which indicated that the gunman demonstrated alarming behavior leading up to the shooting and that the employer should have intervened before the situation escalated to the point that it did. Now, if you guys remember, literally at the moment we were covering this story, news broke that the gunman's laptop was found inside his home by a victim's family member who received the home as part of a settlement. And this family member gave the laptop to a delegate who made a public statement about the situation and then supposedly passed copies of the laptop hard drive along almost immediately to the Department of Justice. 
Now, flash forward to May of this year, the commission, which was tasked with conducting an independent review of the shooting and the circumstances surrounding it, they're still around. They've shrunken quite a bit. They're down to only eight members from their original 21, and they seem to be kind of dropping pretty regularly. So in terms of what is happening with that laptop now, because I feel like we've kind of gotten the stage set, on May 10th, one of the remaining members of that commission indicated that he did receive a copy of the hard drive of this laptop, which supposedly belonged to the shooter, but that he hadn't had time to look at it. He also said he didn't think it was appropriate for the team to look at the laptop, even though one of the members was an IT specialist, because they were not tasked with performing any sort of forensic work or investigative work like that. And they didn't know anything about the chain of custody for the laptop or even its origin. Honestly, it's easy for someone to bring this laptop forward and have this origin story for it and say everything on it is authentic and it hasn't been tampered with, but they had no way to know that that was actually the case. Well, that's true. You just find a laptop in a closet that you'd think the police had been through before and you say, oh, I just found the laptop. You'd almost think that that would not be something that could ever be used in court. You have that much of a gap. How can you say what's on there and who it's associated to? I just... Right. It's been years. Also super fucking infuriating because if there is something on there, you want to be able to use it. So I'm guessing nothing from the laptop has been released yet. Nothing has been released, but the attorney general also confirmed that they received a copy of the hard drive as well. And as of June 16th, which is very recently, the state crime lab was analyzing the hard drive for any recoverable information. One man whose wife was a victim of the shooting says that he's been pushing hard about this laptop from the beginning, saying that he remembered seeing the laptop in the man's office and on his desk when he used to go and visit his wife at work. And in an interview published by local Channel 10 News, as well as other sources, he said, quote, I think that once we get into the hard drive, we'll be able to see what the etching shows. You can't hide everything. And he also said, I'm not going to quit until it's finished. I owe it to these girls, referencing he and his wife's three daughters, and I owe it to my wife. Wow. It's one we're going to have to continue to keep an eye on. And to your point, lawyer, I don't know if they even want to use it in court at this point. I think really that the families just want answers. I'm not sure what that looks like legally. But I think they just feel like they still don't know the truth. When you talk about the little bit of justice or whatever you want to call it, that the criminal justice system can provide in these situations, well, not even getting that, because that's not even an option, but not even getting some sort of answers in terms of the investigation and the functions of the pre-criminal justice system, aka law enforcement. That's got to be devastating. I can't imagine that to not have that clarity and that closure. I hate y'all for real right now hate y'all. I'm sorry. Quite I expected a... that to be funnier than it was. <laughs> My bad. Oh, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to hurt your heart like that. I want to quote the Grinch, but I never get the quote right where he's going through the phone book. Like lawyer, lawyerina asks who? I hate you. <laughs> hate, 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 loathe entirely. Uh, love. <laughs> My fucking spirit animal, literally. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's a good movie. 
Well, here's an update. Here's something I loathe entirely. We covered this. I would say it's a very important story in March on episode 35 of a teacher who was shot by her student in January of this year. We have a couple of updates. We're not going to rehash the story. If you would like to hear that, episode 35 is there at your beck and call. But a couple of updates on the people involved, the little boy who carried out this crime. He has been placed in the care of his grandfather and is receiving mental health treatment. I really hope that that works for him, this poor little boy. I'm not a psychologist, but what were those things that therapists told us about? Those things that you go through in childhood that so deeply impact the rest of your- Aces. Aces. The laundry list of those that this poor little kid must have been through in his life. The other update I have on him is that he will not be facing any charges for his actions. Which well, is- at least they realize that maybe a six-year-old, unlike a 17-year-old, is not competent to connect the dots. There's no rule about how old a kid has to be, but six is not old enough, period. Yeah. And that's scary because, you know, people want, like we've talked about, people want there to be some measure of justice, but sometimes it can't always be through the criminal justice system. I hope that him getting the mental health care that he needs, it seems like a form of justice to me, or maybe that's not the right word, but. And I, I think in this case, the justice that is being sought is really not against this kid, but against the system and against the fact that the school, the administration were not taking care of the problem. And you just pin in. that administration up on your wall. I did. Do it again. I, I'm, we, I'm have double up, pin. we have an update. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. <laughs> Those are the people that should be held accountable, not this poor child. The adults in his life need to be held accountable. Speaking of adults that need to be held accountable, you may remember if you listened that his mom had not been charged with anything for whatever part she may have played in this horrible crime at the time we covered this story. Let's back up a little bit because I think we should start with her first arrest in 2021, almost two years before this crime eventually took place, which happened when her four-year-old son was with her. She was only 24 at the time, by the way. She was pulled over for speeding and the officers found marijuana in plain view, digital scales and marijuana pills in her purse and several edibles, which looked like Rice Krispie treats right next to her toddler. Mm. Now we have to start there because if you guys live in Virginia, even if you don't, honestly, you may know that marijuana was recently decriminalized in some capacity. And this started in July, 2020. So right off the bat, this may make you think that she's in the clear, but there are a lot of stipulations, including that the marijuana is only supposed to be used in the privacy of your own home. You can't take it out in public. You can't have it in your car with your scales and your pills. <laughs> and it's not supposed to be reachable, accessible by underage children. Right. Also, you cannot take drugs and own guns, which is important. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I think you can take drugs and own guns, but you cannot take drugs and possess guns, which are two different things. Well, I don't know what that means. I don't know the difference between possess and own. I'm here for you. (laughs) Own means I own it. I'm the owner. It's in my house somewhere. It's down in the basement in the gun safe where it belongs. Possess means I'm high as shit and it's in my hand, which (laughs) is why that part's legal. (laughs) I will tell you what I know, because believe it or not, when you fill out the paperwork to legally acquire a gun, one of the questions that you have to answer is whether or not you take any illegal substances. Because remember that federally marijuana is still illegal and it's a violation of federal law to take illegal substances and purchase a weapon. When you (laughs) fill out your background check to purchase a gun, you have to check a box whether or not you take drugs. And this is why we got that little disclaimer on the website that I made you put on there. (laughs) Like this is not legal advice. When you get pulled over and you're high as shit and the gun is in your trunk and you're like, well, I'm not possessing it. I only own it. It's in my trunk. And that lady on that one podcast told me that that's different and that's not a crime. I did not say that. I mean, I did. But what I meant was you in the can't, Commonwealth. You can't be expected to be an expert of all each and every single thing in the whole entire state. Only that level of knowledge has been attained by mom. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Law and Order is actually filmed in New York City. So I really am an expert. Oh, that's where law. your legal expertise that's, lies. That's where okay. I'm a legal expert, yes. We'll tap you in if we cover any New York <laughs> crimes. When this young woman purchased her gun in July of 2022, 15 months after her drug-related arrest, she lied on her background check form claiming she did not smoke marijuana. She said she did not smoke marijuana even though she had an 11-year history as a smoker of marijuana and was a current smoker of marijuana. She checked nope don't know what that is on her form anyway what gun in the bathroom (laughs) but i have a question to ask this is supposed to be a background check so you fill out this form and you're like no i never killed anybody no i never smoked marijuana no i don't want this gun for anything but protection even though i don't like my husband wife whatever they don't actually I mean, what you think? Did you think that they subjected each and every single individual who wanted a firearm to a polygraph examination? No, what I'm saying is if she was arrested for driving around with drugs in her car with her kid, all they had to do was run that through a computer and say, lady, you can't say you don't take drugs. We have your it's arrest record. It's possible she wasn't charged with that crime. Yeah, I thought she was pulled over. I don't know if she was found guilty in a court of law. She got that ticket or was arrested in 2021. She purchased the gun in July of 2022. And the crime Mm. took place in January of 2023. Her son took her firearm to school with him and shot his teacher on January 6th. And when a search took place in the homes that she she lived in, she had two different places where she and her son lived with her mother and with her grandpa. They searched both of those homes. And during this search, large amounts of marijuana and paraphernalia were found in her purse, her car, and several rooms in both of the homes. Plus, she also told the police that she had the gun safely secured and she had one of those trigger locks on it. You want to know what wasn't found at the home with all of the marijuana? 
a trigger lock. Correct. Any sort of safe storage for the gun at all whatsoever. Right. So her story was BS from the get-go. Yeah, the teacher's attorney says that the claim that the gun was stored safely on a high shelf was defied by the evidence. Mm. Authorities found no lockbox, no trigger lock, no key lock, nothing. They did find a firearm barrel lock in a trash bag from one of the homes that she lived in that had been filled and thrown away a few weeks before the shooting. But that's it. That's it. So federally, she has been charged with one count of being an illegal drug user while possessing a firearm and one count of making a false statement on a Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives form. And she pled guilty to both of those charges earlier this month on the 12th. And she's set to be sentenced for those federal charges in October. Wow. She's Hmm also facing charges with the state for felony child neglect and a misdemeanor charge of recklessly storing a firearm so a child could gain access to it. And the trial is set to start for those charges on August 15th. Her attorney is planning on trying to work out a plea deal for her citing several miscarriages, an ectopic pregnancy in January 2022, and postpartum depression as mitigating factors. He may also use facts like the school determining the boy's parents no longer needed to come and sit with him in class three days before he shot his teacher to indicate that it wasn't really within the parents' control. I don't have anything to say about that. That's nice. So I'm going to keep it all to myself. If you can't say anything nice. (laughs) So. mm -hmm. Well, let's get into the teacher. She is continuing her recovery, saying that she has good days and not so good days. A bone in her left hand was severely damaged. So she's four surgeries in with that hand and still has very little function. She says her physical therapy is mentally and physically exhausting, but necessary as seemingly simple things like making a fist, opening a water bottle, and even getting dressed are extremely difficult for her now. In late April, <laughs> let's, we've arrived. We've arrived at the horrible place that she seemed to find herself working. In late April, the attorneys for the school board where she was teaching at the time she was shot and who she has sued for $40 million filed a motion to dismiss her lawsuit stating that she is legally barred from filing a claim in the circuit court since what happened to her is actually under the jurisdiction of the district's workers' compensation policy. (laughs) The defense team stated, quote, Workers' compensation exists for the benefit of employees for the purpose of providing coverage for workplace injuries without having to prove negligence on the part of the employer. Plaintiff is not without remedy. Her remedy is dictated by the Virginia Workers' Compensation Act and the provisions contained therein. They also cited the, quote, unfortunate reality that teaching in this country, even in elementary school, is not without its dangers. Well, it's a good thing I was just muted. Were you cursing? Ah, well, Madly. we'll never, we'll never know the answer Lost to that. Lost to the hands of time. Ah, well. I will say it's just fascinating to me. That could all be uh, legally a thing. 
I guess. Yeah. I, I think just, hmm. if it is mm-hmm. legally a thing, mm-hmm. I think it's potentially something that needs to be reviewed <laughs> and up. I feel like workers comp is for if you like fall off of a ladder, you trip on a right, loose right. tile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like something that happens to you by Normal. accident. A little bit, little bit of a, a right. mix up, little, little mistakey mistake. Right. This is, this is perhaps uh, a little bit more than a mistakey mistakey. I think that's perhaps. possible. I think if this school Hmm. district is saying that when you sign to teach in their district, that you're accepting that you have a good chance of being shot or possible, even a possible chance, and that that's just the nature of working in a school, I think all of the teachers in that district should quit and go elsewhere. Assumption of the risk, as they say. Unbelievable. Yeah, well. Quite terrifying. The young teacher's legal team, echoing what you guys are saying, they responded by saying, quote, no one believes that a first grade teacher should expect that one of the risks of teaching first grade is that they might get shot by a six-year-old. The school board's position is contrary to how every citizen in this city thinks teachers should be treated, and the law does not support the board's position. Teachers across the district will be alarmed to learn their employer sees this as part of their job description. Yeah, and the school district is completely ignoring the fact that this kid was reported like five times during the day that he might have a gun, and the administration did nothing about it. Nothing. What gun in the bathtub? (laughs) cramp in my leg and soap in my eyes. So the the administration just basically ignores all these warnings. And yet now they're saying, oh, well, you know, getting shot, that's the risk you take. We'll give you, what is it? Long-term disability, dollar 95. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all kind of very complicated because she, there's also this issue centering around her resignation. So on March 13th, she emailed the HR department at the district where she works, stating that she realized she'd missed the deadline to submit her intent for the next school year, but she'd not been able to access the form and inquired as to whether or not they could help her. The HR rep responded and explained that she couldn't access the form because she'd missed the deadline, but that they could use the email communication they were in the middle of and whatever she responded as her intent to return or resign. 10 minutes later, after those instructions came through on March 13th at 1157 AM. The teacher responded and said, I wish to resign. Thank you. Her response was met with absolute radio silence. Nothing. They did not respond. She did not hear from them again. In the meantime, the district was doing things like, now this is according to her team. It's, (laughs) I guess, potentially one-sided, but according to her team, the district was trying to get her to do things like take a worker's comp check because then she couldn't sue them, which she and her team returned. And after she refused the worker's comp, they stopped paying her before the end of her contract with them. They say, to the contrary, she was paid. They didn't even make her use leave. She was supposed to start getting workers' comp, but she refused, so they used her remaining leave to pay her out. And then when they ran out of leave, they had to put her on FIMLA. And if she would have just taken the workers' comp, she would have gotten... Do you guys want to know what she would have gotten from the city? Ooh, uh, $25,000. I doubt it's even that much. Two (laughs) thirds of her pay through the remaining of her contract, which expired on June 12th. Two thirds. I mean, for a teacher for two months, it's probably 
five, ten thousand dollars. What was that? I'm sorry. What was that supposed to cover again? Run it back by me. Like that's it was just the workers comp. That's what it's paid out as two thirds of your pay during the time that you're out of work. But like, what, what about, what about these bills? These medical not worried, bills? Not worried. They're not worried <laughs> oh. about her bills. Oh, Oh, and I think we need to also on this update okay. mention that the bullet is still lodged in her chest. Yes. Well, why they're the not worried about that? that? Okay. Why would you mention that? All right. So this woman has, a bullet that will be in her chest for the rest of her life and two-thirds though are you listening two thirds? <laughs> and and her hand which will probably never be the same so she's one-handed the rest of her life mm-hmm. but they're willing to give her two-thirds of two months pay well don't worry they're also willing to fire her according to her legal team back to the resignation because suddenly on march 20th and may 22nd the young teacher received two duplicate emails titled exit letter informing her of her separation of employment effective june 12th now the school district says that any teacher who leaves regardless of if they were fired or resigned will receive a copy of this letter and the reason that she got this letter was in fact because she submitted her resignation but the teacher and her team feel that it's obvious that they want it to appear and they want her to feel as if she was fired and from their stance there's no other way to read this letter. They think that the school district is intentionally trying to hurt her and negatively impact her future by firing her. So it's kind of getting very contentious against the school district and her legal team, but they feel that the school has taken inappropriate action against her by firing her. I just don't understand what the city thinks they could possibly gain. Do they think anybody is on their side? Oh, yeah, way to go. Treat that poor teacher who got shot badly. That's what we want. (laughs) I don't know. I Uh, couldn't even begin to say. They should be embarrassed. They say they're just following the regular procedure. She wasn't fired. She resigned. And it's all just a big misunderstanding. Right. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. just following the process as the process Mm -hmm. is meant to be followed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that one, we'll have to do another update on that one, obviously, in a couple yeah, of months. Yeah, I mean, these that are literally still yet. evolving <laughs> as we speak. Yep, the so. laptop and the gun. Well, one that I really wanted to have an update on was episode 39, and that's when we had therapist with us talking about her ex-bay. I really Ooh, don't Oh, ex-bay! <laughs> I really don't have much of an update other than confirmation that ex-Bay's roommate, because remember, ex-Bay was only charged with concealing a body, was indeed involved with drugs, heavily, fentanyl, heroin, and meth, at least according to the deputy Commonwealth's attorney. And he got in an argument with his friend and roommate, the victim, which resulted in shooting him once or twice. But after the initial shots, he allegedly told investigators that he knew his friend was going to die anyway. So he shot him several more times in the arm, leg, and abdomen. He then robbed he, he him, wanted by the way. him to suffer more? No, he wanted to end it oh, more quickly. By shooting him in the arm. Mercifully, the- <laughs> mercifully with mercifulness. 
Maybe this it was like the eighty second fucking well, version of this story I've heard. Honestly, <laughs> I can't. Even, it's like mind boggling that this is the eighty second version of this story that I've heard. But it is. It really is. Well, and also <sighs> he then robbed him. I mean, I guess it could be mercifully unrelated. with mercifulness. <laughs> you guys aren't fucking well, listening, dude. He didn't need the money anymore. Yes. I mean, he was dead. Oh my god! Mercifully. I have also learned that there was a witness who saw these two men leaving the property where their friend's body was found in X Bay's landscaping truck on the afternoon of Saturday, February 11th, two days after the victim was last seen, and that X Bay helped to wrap the body in a tarp, carry it to and from the truck, and bury it. That don't sound good, X Bay. It really no. And and this is another time where you have to say, what were you thinking? What were you thinking getting involved in hiding a body of someone who was murdered? What do you think is going to happen to you? I would love, I don't know. Maybe he was threatened. Maybe he was in fear. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess when the case, when the case goes to court, we'll find out what his defense is. We might more updates. So not many updates there, but one thing I do have is a picture of canine duke who has been in so many of our stories and i just know he's the goodest baby and he's super cute so you guys can go check out his picture on our socials for a little pick me up he's a buddy i'm sorry why was the photo not included in the outline of the fucking episode that's cheap (laughs) i'm talking about the outline i'm looking at right now in front of me all these words you wrote, you didn't include this photo of this doggy. Oh, you want the you actual picture in my here? Life. <laughs> I'm ruined so my life. Sorry. Ruined. Uh, well, sorry. Go you go and look that up. I'm about and to. I'll be back. For one moment while we're talking about cute and happy things for 10 seconds. Let's also do our drawing for our second place prize. Yeah, yay! I don't think I remember to say the first time around what the third place prize even was, but Jessica, you are the happy recipient of a gift certificate for our merch store, a sticker, and some surprises. And second prize is for a shirt of your choice, stickers, and some additional surprises. So here we go. Rustling, paper sounds, drum rolls. (laughs) Did you just make like a wind sound? Yeah, I don't know what the first one was. That was weird. All right, here we go. Here we go. Kyle F. Kyle F. Kyle, I want to thank you for listening and for representing the very important 13.6% of our audience that is male. That's a fun fact. And thanks for your five-star review on Spotify and for your (laughs) sweet message, which reads... In part, my girlfriend made me listen to your show when we went on a trip and I was not really looking forward to it because I hate so many of these podcasts. Damn. Wait a minute, (laughs) Kyle. It gets a little better. What's going on? It gets better. I have to say that only about 23 minutes in, I graduated to actual fan of your show instead of unwilling captive listener. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Okay, Kyle. We we won this man over in only 23 minutes. I think wow. I feel proud. That might be our greatest accomplishment of the year. I'm okay with yeah. that, honestly. Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> with that. 
it's good to hear feedback for me because I always wonder like how does this come across to people lovable or a little crazy one of my recent juries said I smiled so much that they thought I was a little crazy but well good thing we can't see your face I wasn't sure how to feel about that (laughs) I'm still not sure how to feel about that but now lawyer we're gonna ask you our unanswered questions Oh, oh, it's the legal section. So probably no more spoilers. To be honest with you, I don't even know at this point. It's just spoiler city. Okay. So lawyer, I compiled these from a couple of conversations with listeners, a couple of questions I have had that you weren't there for. My B, y'all, my B. And I put them in episode order, but other than that, they're in no particular order. Boom. My question just happens to be first because I've been Ooh. holding on to it forever. So it's from a very long ago and far away episode. I'm kind of surprised that you didn't text me at two o'clock on a Saturday like you usually do with random <laughs> legal questions. I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, okay. All right. I just want everyone to get to experience. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. Hopefully I know the answer then. All right, let's go. Okay, well, me, I should be prepared. This is not an area that you practice. And that's definitely, you said that when I have mentioned this problem before, but here's my question nevertheless. So research time for episode 33 hit and I just couldn't get any documents anymore. And we've talked about this. We've talked about it on the show. I was getting all of the documents from the police and I just couldn't. All I could get was the incident report, which for those of you who don't know, it basically looks like, and I mean, obviously lawyer can say way better, but the ones that I'm getting, they essentially look like a speeding ticket. There's little check boxes with words like victim injury, and you can check off options like apparent broken bone, possible internal injuries, severe lacerations. It has a section for homicide circumstances with check boxes like child playing with weapon, criminal killed by police officer, unusual circumstances, as compared to the full-blown reports with interviews and evidence that I was used to getting. To get to my question, it's a two-part question, I think, because you said the FOIA laws changed a little bit and it must've happened around then since I suddenly started having this problem. And I know you aren't a FOIA attorney, but do you have any idea how they changed or why I suddenly was experiencing that issue? Yeah. So I actually tried to, I glanced at the outline earlier and I tried to, cause I don't know how the FOIA laws changed. I just mm-hmm. remember a couple of people saying that. Cause I don't, I mean, FOIA requests get sent to our office, but it's not something that I have anything to do with. So it's funny. What I was looking at seemed to indicate that the FOIA laws expanded a lot in 2021. So I don't really know like what happened recently and why. So you strange. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things. It would probably, I could probably figure it out. But I will also say, I think there's a lot of stuff in the law that is discretionary, like you mentioned earlier in a response Mm -hmm. that you got. So I think that to a certain extent, whether or not you're getting a response is up to the department you're requesting it from. So I know some of the stuff that you were covering was in different jurisdictions than you had been looking in before. So it could just be something as simple as that. But it's super fascinating for sure. It is. I agree. They were like, we listened to her show when she submitted something to us and she's mean. (laughs) We're not going to give her these documents anymore. Oh, man. (laughs) So I guess part two of that question is because based on your advice, then thank goodness to have your advice, we switched to trying to get court documents. And this was actually in the same jurisdiction, the same crimes that I was having trouble getting police documents for. Our executive assistant went to the court to try to get 
these public records about the cases in question, and she was told they weren't public. What court documents are actually public? Is it all of them? Is it some of them? Was she just being lied to? They didn't want to dig the box out. What do we think? I mean, I, I don't want to say that, but <laughs> I, I remember specifically, they said that the autopsy reports were not public record. Well, that would not surprise me. You should not be able to look at things like that. Anything of that nature that's submitted to the court, even police reports and stuff like that. If those are submitted to the courts, then I would expect all of those to be sealed. But any sort of plea agreement, charging document, sentencing order, plea order, all of that should be public record. So the processing of the court should be public record. And then usually any transcripts of any hearing should also be public. Yeah. I mean, people, it's based on, you know, people having the right to a public trial. So I would not mm -hmm. expect the autopsy reports to be accessible, but that other stuff, it should have been in theory. I guess it's just kind of dependent on the jurisdiction and even dependent on the attorneys. Yeah, it is to a certain extent. Depending on the type of case, I would ask for anything that I submitted of that nature to be sealed so that it wouldn't be accessible. A lot of times if there's not a juvenile victim involved, those sort of requests aren't made. It can kind of just be dependent on the jurisdiction and the players involved. I feel like you guys would be surprised to know then, even you lawyer, that I have horrifyingly enough gotten autopsy reports and crime scene photos, which included the body of the deceased. Oh my God. From a circuit court. I went in and typed in the case number and it printed right on out. The evidence that people are convicted on are supposed to be freely accessible to the public. So I never really thought about it like that, that people had access to all the exhibits that would be submitted. But I mean, that is the foundation of the public's access to the court systems and what it's what it's supposed to mean for better or for worse, I guess. I can see them maybe releasing the details of the autopsy, like cause of death was a bullet to the head, but the photos? Yeah, I would hate to think if I got murdered, my photos would be readily available to the public. I wouldn't call it readily. That is the <laughs> only time I have had that experience. Any other time I have been met with nothing, but you can't get that. That's not public record. If you do want that, it's going to be like $500. And I'm sitting over here like, I've been even been told that they would have to redact all the names from the court transcripts if I wanted them. I'm like, I could have mm. gone to the trial. Why would you have to redact names? <laughs> I've been met with all kinds of interesting responses to my requests for sure. So rest easy. I don't think it's going to be easy for anyone to get their hands on. Yeah. Good. I would think that's definitely the exception to the rule, luckily. So very good. Cause so I would think in most circumstances, again, like we were talking about, there would be a motion for that sort of stuff to be placed under seal. Question number two. Mm, 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 mm. Hit me, hit me. Lost Here's a word, a, a Latin word which apparently oh, just nah. means a higher court <laughs> reviews the decision of a lower. Court. Oh, I already looked at that one too. Nobody knows how to pronounce that fucking Search word. Okay? For a <laughs> I looked it up on Google. Hold on. Let's see if y'all can hear this. Sertiorari. Ooh. <laughs> I had to listen to that shit like eight times and I still can't say it. Sertiorari. Sertiorari. 
I'm playing it right now. Shashi Arari. Shashi No one knows how to say that. No one's ever said that word before in my whole career. I've been doing this shit. This is year seven. Nobody's ever said that word before. Ever. It's like Magna Carter. What are you talking about? All right. Well, that was good. All the rest of the questions are about Swashwarai. Okay, so the next one is, we had a case that the crime committed was basically word for word. It seemed like it should be manslaughter, but the kid was charged with second degree murder. This brought up a question. It's not whether or not it should be murder or manslaughter. You weren't there. You weren't prosecuting the case. But are there cases where the jury is told, here are the definitions of crime A, B, and C, which do you think the person should be charged with? That's not exactly how it works, but what you're talking about is called a cascading instruction where they're charged with crime A, but crimes B and C are lesser included offenses of the crime. And so they have Hmm. to include the lesser included offenses because, for example, I think the best, the only real example that I can give from the types of cases I'm usually involved in is like malicious wounding. The crime of malicious wounding is shoot, cut, stabbing, or wounding, or by any other means causing bodily injury to a person with malice. However, if you find that a person did that without malice, but only unlawfully, then the lesser included offense is unlawful wounding. And because you can prove unlawful wounding, you know, you can be trying to prove your malicious wounding, but you don't prove malice. You don't want to basically lose the opportunity to have them convicted of that lesser included offense. Typically the court, well, the parties submit instructions, but typically the court would agree to provide an instruction on that cascading lesser included offense, which is very confusing for juries to say the least, as I can tell by mom's glazed over expression. Well, here's a fun one. We covered a case where a guy was texting and hiding his phone screen from the detective who reported to the scene, which was the scene of a murder. And after he saw the guy hiding his phone screen, the officer took his phone away from him immediately and put it in the evidence locker. Would he have needed a warrant to take this guy's phone or could he have had the guy's consent to take his phone? Can you just take something away from someone legally? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, like we talked about before, consent is a defense to anything. So you can consent to your phone being searched, your house being searched, whatever. They can take custody of the phone, but in order to access the phone, they would typically need to get a search warrant. And they can only take custody of the phone for a brief period of time until they can go and get the search warrant. It's all very case and factor specific. What are the circumstances? Is there exigency ongoing? That sort of stuff. But The rule is get a search warrant. There are exceptions to the rule. Is what I always say at the Academy. Got any more post? No, our last one was the one you already asked. Fucking ruining it. Jumping ahead. Jumping Jumping ahead. ahead, Jumping ahead. So we have one more prize to give out? We have one more prize to give out. I feel like we've pretty effectively covered where we have been. What a year, girl! Damn. I know. And I wanted to talk about a couple of the places we would like to go as we move into our second year. 
Some of these are cases that took place in our small town during our first year in production or otherwise very recently. And there's simply not enough information to cover them. I guess I'm just hoping and praying that a bunch more information drops into my lap. And we want to be able to cover as many of these important stories as we can. So let's run through a very, very brief, I hate, I don't want to call them teasers. They're not teasers. Synopses. I don't know. I don't have a better term, (laughs) but we have the case of a random outburst of violence in a car on a way to a party at a house, which was like the housiest house party house of all the house party houses in the world. I (laughs) used to go there, in fact, and many times there, everyone literally, except for honest to God, I'm not trying to sound like a goody two shoes, but everyone except for me was on God knows what kind of drug. There was a guy there just to give you some context. There was a guy there who ate glass for fun. It was his party trick. He chewed it. He bit off the top of a bottle, chewed it and swallowed it every weekend, every night. Good times. Why have we been doing segments on my friends? We have a tattooed Harley Davidson riding man who turned himself in after he shot his wife. We have a 61-year-old man who was living with his 24-year-old wife, her parents, her brother, and their child when he was made aware of rumors that he was likely not the biological father of their child. We have a wife- That happened where? (laughs) That happened in your your hometown. hometown. (laughs) Whose hometown? Yours. Nope. (laughs) Who you to you? Nope. <laughs> Isn't nope. there a, a song called My Hometown that we could sing at this stage? I think we'll have to write it. Is, <laughs> do you know of a song called My Hometown? I'm unaware. I don't, it's already shut it down. It's played in the cold. back of my head. We also have a wild story of a man who found out his wife was having an affair and went to confront her alleged boyfriend at their office with a gun. Don't worry. He wasn't going to use it, though. Of course not. I was actually in high school. I was a senior when this happened, which means you were also attending the school that year, lawyer. And I still remember the lockdown at our school from this, actually. I don't. I don't think. In a much more serious, very swift feeling, all of a sudden change of topics, we have the story of a two-year-old who died of an overdose. We have sort of an orphan situation. You guys know that horror movie? horror movie where a family adopts a nine-year-old kid from an orphanage we have a swimming pool used to stage a murder as an accident potentially we have a high school new year's eve party gone very very wrong there will be special guests there will be talk of dogs and their brave little noses there will be more giveaways and more prizes and speaking of Let's do our last grand prize giveaway. (laughs) This is for a spooky print from a local artist, a shirt of your choice, stickers, and all kinds of goodies and surprises. Do they get a dog too? They get a dog. (laughs) No, we can't be promising dogs to these people. (laughs) Ruffle, ruffle, shuffle, shuffle, drummle, drummle. (laughs) Uh, bang, I don't bang. know. I don't know if I got one. <laughs> I think I already did that. Yeah, I don't know. Morgan. Morgan. Morgan C. Morgan 
Thank you for your ears. Thank you for your story suggestion. We will add actually to our list of upcoming stories, some insane ass version of a love triangle with an ex-husband murder for hire plot. That's thanks oh to Morgan. So don't get mad at me, lawyer. And thank All right, you Morgan. five stars on Spotify and your wonderful feedback on episode 45, which was part one of Stranger Things Have Happened. Morgan's comment reads, oh my gosh, you guys kill it, pun intended, every week, but this one is one of my all-time faves. So funny, so edgy, so full of all the things my soul craves, lol. Keep up the fantastic work. Okay, Morgan, I'm gonna let that one slide, what you was going on earlier, because that was a nice comment. Okay, Morgan. Morgan, (laughs) Kyle, Jessica, everyone, whether you entered or not, Thanks for listening this year. I hope you guys learned something new. I hope you were entertained. Yes, because we want this topic to be approachable and that's how you really make a difference. But we also hope that you were inspired, that you were motivated, that you felt some sort of call to action, even if it was just a little feeling deep in the corner of your brain somewhere to remember these people, to understand the horrible, unfathomable losses, and to recognize that we all have a lot of work to do to make this world a better place for everyone, including baby eagles and duckies. Right, Mom? (laughs) I get on a little upswing here. In in fact, I I was sent a text asking if I was available to go get another baby eagle today, but I had to devote myself to murder. Oh no! You should have gone and saved that fuck? baby. You just what ruined everything again. You ruined no. my upswing. No, no, it was very upswinging. The the eagle was caught and taken to the rehab facility. They didn't I'm need done, me y'all. after all. These fucking did not need me. fucking emotions. Well, okay. that's the wrap on year one. <laughs> and sticking with my usual post wrap habit, lawyer and mom, do you have anything to add? Been mm-hmm. quite a ride. <laughs> Roller coaster mm-hmm. of emotions. It has been that. Yeah, I'm glad to have had this journey with you guys. I hope it makes people think about a lot of things. And I hope it creates change. And I hope it brings justice. And I hope a lot of things. So thanks, everybody, for joining. I know that sometimes I'm the unwilling participant. But <laughs> I think it is good to have a forum for this stuff. And I think it is good that you can tell us that there is good work happening out there. There are law enforcement officials who care. And I think that it's important to have that angle. I think people don't know enough about the law because fortunately, most of us don't end up in court and we get all our information from TV. So it's good to have- You the poster child of getting all your information from TV, little homie. (laughs) I know. So it's good I prep every jury now as though she's a member. (laughs) Every jury. It's good to have a lawyer with the real scoop on the show. It is good. Well, I already know no one's going to ask me if I have anything to add. So let me just invite my damn self as usual. What you what you got to say, girl? To say, first of all, my sprinkle. I like to, y'all know I like to have sprinkles. This show was brought to you this year after over 3,500 hours of planning, 
editing, researching, transcribing, highlighting, songwriting, interviewing, and all kinds of other production and post-production efforts. So we truly hope that you guys enjoyed each and every resulting minute. And we hope that you will stay with us and that you'll bring many more friends with you in year two. I wanted to say 2024 because this really feels like New Year's Eve to me. (laughs) I don't know why, but no, not 2024. Year two starting next week on Thursday around 4 a.m. as usual. Don't worry. And you guys can email us as always. We want to hear your stories. We want to continue to hear feedback from y'all. Murderer, you know, at gmail.com. You can follow us on social. Make sure you go there to see K9 Duke's cute little face. <laughs> Don't start with me, okay? Don't start with me. Did you see him yet? He's so cute. We Murderer, you know, podcast on Facebook and Instagram where you can see that little boop. Okay, what do you want to say? And I want to say thank you to our host who really does all the work, all the research, all the writing, all the everything. Finds Duke's picture. And yes, and all I do is offer amusing yet brilliant commentary. And And all I do is show up and bitch. so. So Well, everyone has a niche to fill, you know? That's right. Shout out to host. All right, bitches, oh, 52 no. in the books. What other sound effects have we had this year that we need to do <laughs> I don't know, right you, now? You're really nailing the damn noise. <laughs> I mean, I just feel replaced and shit. <laughs> I, I felt the sudden need to cover every sound effect we've ever had, but I ran out after two. Hold on, let me drink some water. We forgot about that one. Hold oh, on. you gulping. Oh, this is where we should have had our outtake reel. People gulping, <laughs> people sniffling. Dogs barking, trains coming. Oh my gosh. 80 million trains. All right, uh, bitches. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks, girls. See you, you next later. time. Bye.